Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is July 30th. Yes, we're creeping towards August, and that means football time is here. The first game is going to be this week, and we can't wait. My name is Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web, of course, at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, although it is surely a sign of a sick mind that, uh, that you and I consider the Hall of Fame game actual football. But we'll go with that because it's actually something to watch. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's something to watch, even though probably none of the players that are going to be starting will be playing in it. But football is football, and starting this week is going to be football every single week all the way through to early February next year, and I can't wait for it to happen. So uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. First of all, I want to uh, remind everyone about our uh, special preseason sponsor, the Sleeper app. This, uh, this thing, you can play all kinds of fantasy football leagues on your phone, download the app. It's absolutely free. A couple of uh, uh, features of it. Uh, the Sleeper app's the top user-rated fantasy app right now. It is the top 15 sports app, and it has infinite no- uh, customization techniques. And uh, the, the dark and night mode is coming, and it's a better designed app. So check it out. Just go to your iTunes or whatnot, or or, or down. Uh, go go to your app store. I'm sorry. Go to your app store then and search for Sleeper App Fantasy Football and download it. It's free. It's really cool. It's something you definitely want to look into uh, before the season starts. Anyway, let's get right to the training camp news and notes and injuries and such. And and, uh, we can't seem to get through a week here now without something major happening and all. But before we get to some injuries, let's talk about holdout uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Um, he, he said he wants a new deal, of course. The Cowboys, uh, we'll, we'll take care of it and all. But then uh, Jerry Jones, of course, opened his mouth and said, well, we don't need a big uh, a rushing title uh, running back to, to get to the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl. And it was kind of taken out of context. He's still a big supporter of Zeke Elliott. But now the Cowboys turn around one day later and re-signed Alfred Morris, who played for them a couple of years ago. And uh, he goes right back into the system. His family's already from Dallas, so he was on his way to possibly go uh, work out for the Saints. But now he's a Cowboy, a one-year minimum deal. And now they've got a, a, an experienced running back. Zeke is uh, going down to Cabo to do his workouts. That's what he did when he was suspended a year or so ago. So uh, what's going on here? What, uh, fantasy impact, if you got – uh, the four, five, six pick in your draft here, and Zeke is staring at you, Chris. Are you going to still take him? I, I think at this early phase, I might be tempted. Um, I, I think if if he were still holding out as you're drafting right before the season starts, then I'd be more worried. Uh, but now I might maybe I'm less worried, although I still have some concern. Um, I personally, and we'll talk more about this later. I'm personally very high 
on the guy I have ranked fifth at running back, more so than most people. So I might be convinced to pass. But if you see a big gap between the first four and everyone else, then I think you might still want to take him. And personally, I think this is going to get worked out because I think everyone realizes that, you know, they've got to pay three big stars right now. And, and I think Elliott is making his point. I don't think he's going to miss games to do so. Cause I, I think he also has to report earlier than, like, uh, Antonio Brown did week 10 last year. I think he has to actually report sometime in August to get his accrued year. I don't think he's yeah. going to miss I think that deadline is August 6th. So, yeah, it's coming up real quick in about a week. So, uh, But I'm, I'm kind of like you on that. On that uh, now, it's, what's interesting is that I do am playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship, FFPC Pros versus Joes, and I am drafting actually tonight, and I have the fourth pick. So what am I going to do if Zeke is there? I may or may not pick him. I'm not quite sure myself. I'm still thinking about it. But there's other options there. You could go with somebody like a David Johnson or somebody like Alvin Kamara slips to me there. Or I could even go Travis Kelsey because he's the number one tight end. And in a system where you get one and a half PPR, it, it makes him very, very valuable. So we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. But uh, you guys, uh, they're going to be uh, live, stream, uh, live streaming this draft uh, on the uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship, uh, the Power Hour, the High Stakes Fantasy con- uh, uh, Podcast. So uh, we're going to put out a link to that on the, on the website later today. So check it out, ffmastermind.com on the QuickBits page, and you'll be able to click that link and listen to that show and uh, see me draft live. But it's going to be very interesting to see what does happen with Zeke. I think they are going to come to some kind of deal with him before the season starts. It's, uh, it's just a question is whether it's going to be sooner or later, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, getting right to the next note here, uh, something very interesting. You know, going into the preseason, they're saying, well, the Eagles are going to be RBBC, and now, they, you know, they, they acquired uh, Jordan Howard there, but they, they also drafted a rookie, uh, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, to, uh, you know, possibly take over. But now in, early in camp, it, word is that Jordan Howard has been dominating the carries, and it's not even close with the first team. So uh, what – Quickly, uh, what's your thought, Chris, on Jordan Howard? Do you draft him as a two, maybe, or, or three, or do you not believe what's going on in Philly in the training camp right now? Um, I, I believe it. I think, you know, you have a rookie running back, and even though that's the easiest position to jump right in, he's still a rookie. So I think he's got some stuff to learn as compared to a veteran like, like Howard. And Howard is a good running back. I mean, he caught a little bit of flack, but he's a good running back. So I think he possibly could produce like a two, especially if he holds on to at least the early down and goal line work. But you can get him as a as a late three, so that's the kind of guy that provides great value for your fantasy team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this continues. He says ADP is going to climb, Jordan Howard, that is, and we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, a quick note here before we go to uh, one, a couple of one, one big major injury here. Uh, there is optimism that a new deal for holdout Michael Thomas down in New Orleans is going to get done sooner than later, and that's good news for everyone down there. He wants $20 million a year. I don't know if they're, they were saying maybe they give him 16 17 I don't know if there's going to be a compromise or, or whatnot, but this guy's an elite stud uh, wide receiver. He deserves to get paid, and I think it's going to happen well before the season. Uh, it's just a matter of time you know they put it down on um, paper of course Julio Jones is wanting the same thing in Atlanta he's actually in camp but he's not practicing for a foot issue but I think that they might be awaiting another few days uh, for his 
adjusted contract to uh, go past the one-year mark, which I think uh, happens either yesterday, today, or tomorrow, uh, and then they might announce some new deal there, and it's going to be interesting to see if then if Michael Thomas gets $1 more than Julio or whoever is announced earlier, the other guy might get a dollar more, but I think they're both going to get paid. It's just you know, a matter of time. It's, it's not even going to get to September with both of them. Anyway, I bet, speaking I bet of elite Michael receivers. Thomas has a deal in place before we talk about wide receivers next week. I'll go out on a limb and say that right now. There you go. I would not be surprised about that either, too. Uh, speaking of big-time star receivers, A.J. Green, oh, my gosh. Uh, the, the team went to Dayton, and they were practicing on some field that had pebbles and rocks, and it was uh, not up to par, but the NFL made it, uh, it made them do that in order to you know, uh, push the celebration for 100 years and such. And, of course, uh, A.J. Green falls down, uh, rips his ankle, has got torn ligaments. He actually had a procedure just done today, and at first they thought that they might be able to come back for week one, but then they adjusted it and said that uh, the head coach came out and said it looks like he's going to miss at least the first few games of the season. Anyway, look at it, that's not good for the Bengals, not good for A.J. Green, uh, but it could be good for Tyler Boyd. So what's, what's your thoughts on this, Chris, for fantasy football now where A.J. Green is going to slide in, in the ADP and Tyler Boyd's going to go up? And, in fact, I just saw uh, the FFPC, the uh, Pros versus Joes draft from last night, uh, they, they basically were taken in the same round, right near each other. Wow. Uh, who, who would you take first, and and uh, who would you who would you who would you not take at all? Well, I would still take AJ Green first because even if you miss him for a first few weeks, he's going to be AJ Green when you need him later in the season. So, if, if the choice is Boyd mm-hmm. or Green, I still take Green. But it is real interesting because Green was already very undervalued in ADP. I thought he could provide some real value if you went RB RB your first two rounds, or maybe even RB you know tight end like Kelsey. Now that he's slipping, probably his, he's going to go in, like you said, about the sixth round. Um, he provides a real interesting conundrum. When do you take the risk on him? And I think he'll pay off eventually, but, again, you're going to get nothing for him for at least a few weeks, if not maybe three or four. So that, that's very interesting. The other thing that's really interesting is that John Ross was kind of a, a sleeper for a lot of people. They thought he could step in, and then when Green got hurt, boy, Ross started to shoot up amongst those sleeper wide receivers. But now he has a hamstring issue, which he's had injuries for, for several years now. So now I really wonder what's going to happen here with with all the pieces starting to fall. When Tyler Eifert is the healthiest guy amongst your receivers, you've got a real problem. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll mention that a little bit later in the injury section, but you're exactly right on that. And what's interesting is that, yeah, the ADP for, for Green was the fourth round. Now it's slipped to the middle of the fifth, and Tyler Boyd has climbed from the sixth or seventh up to the end of the fifth, according to the Pros versus Joes draft from last night. It's going to be interesting to see what happens tonight in my draft on where uh, where Boyd and Green go, but the gap is very, very close right now, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I've got like mixed it. emotions about it. I had Green on, on, on a couple of teams last year. He did well until he got hurt, and then he was basically worthless, but then again, you and I both had, ended up having Boyd on our Fanex team, and that helped us a lot. You know, so the guy, the kid's got talent, and now uh, you know he's going to be featured in the first couple of weeks, and we're going to be, we're going to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Green comes back. Anyway, like the New York Giants need more trouble at wide receiver. Golden Tate is now facing a four-game ban uh, for I think a pet abuse, uh, 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 performing hamstring drug. And it was interesting because he said that he was taking a drug for, for fertility. Uh, he and his wife or whatnot in back in April, and then he found out later that there was a substance on it that was banned by the NFL, and uh, he's undergoing a, uh, an appeal right now. He thinks he can get it overturned. Uh, uh, sources are saying that most likely, at best, he might get a one-game reduction from three from four down to three. Uh, 
Wow. So with Sterling Shepard now having a fractured thumb and, 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 and questionable maybe for week one, you got Tate out for four weeks, and then Corey Coleman tore his ACL. He's gone for the year. Cody Latimer could be your number one and only experienced wide receiver in week one for the Giants. Is This is a huge issue, isn't it, uh, uh, Chris? Yeah, is Plaxico Burris and Amari Cooper available? Maybe they can get them back. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> But the, yeah, this is a this is a real difficulty, and I'm not so sure he will get this overturned or even reduced because there was a uh, interior linebacker, one of the team captains for the Colts, uh, maybe about a decade ago. I want to say it was Gary Brackett. I'm not 100% sure if I can't remember, but he had the same sort of thing. It was a fertility-related uh, PED thing, and they upheld that lock, stock, and barrel. So there's precedent yep. that this type of thing won't get overturned. So I think you might be looking at Golden Tate being out those four weeks. Okay, let's get to the uh, the list of uh, injuries here. Uh, Andrew Luck, in your side of the of the country in Indianapolis, a calf injury. Uh, practiced and didn't practice, and practiced and didn't practice, and now they're saying he's not going to practice the rest of the week. They're being very cautious with him. He's not going to play in preseason game number one. Anything else to add on that about Luck? No, the only thing I'm really worried about is that he said he couldn't plant and push off uh, safely, and that that made me a little concerned because. Uh, that, that's the kind of thing that sounds really bad when you're, you know, it reminds me of, you know, those kind of Achilles rips that like Kevin Durant had recently in basketball and Vinny Testaverde when he blew his out. So I'm a little worried about that, but they are going to be cautious and they're going to be very transparent because of the history they've had with him. So I'm hopeful it's nothing big, but I do have that little nagging thing in the back of my mind that this could be, this could be maybe serious. Uh, probably not regular season missing game serious at this point, but something to watch. Yep. Uh, in fact, uh, the media came out today, and they uh, they talked to I think a source there, and they were saying that uh, they felt that his Achilles was not at risk. However, uh, you know, ever, there's no reason to be you know anything but cautious because this right. guy is a franchise of the team. So uh, obviously they're not going to play him. And uh, you know, speaking of uh, of calves, uh, Derrick Henry's in the same uh, issue there. They put him in a boot, and we thought it was a foot or an ankle injury. And it turns out he has a strained calf, and he could miss a few weeks. There's no timetable on his return. So you can look, you can put Luck and Henry in the same category with the calf. They're doing everything they can to avoid a Kevin Durant situation, and uh, they're smart about being that, do, doing it that way. Uh, moving on over to Kansas City, Damian Williams, running back hamstring. He's sitting out the last few practices. We'll see if he can get back to work later this week, but they'll be probably be cautious with him on that. Already mentioned uh, Julio Jones. He's three days to one week now away from, from fully participating in practice. Probably will practice as soon as he gets that new contract. We'll see. Uh, Calvin Ridley with a hamstring is day-to-day. Uh, they're easing him back into practice there. Tyreek Hill just today uh, had a big collision uh, with Brashad Berlin in, uh, in the secondary uh, going for a ball, and uh, he ended up bruising his quad. They carted, carted him off. He was just uh, walking around no problem. But uh, they expect to be fine. But this just tells you, you know, all kinds of injuries can happen on, uh, you know, unexpected uh, type situations where they collide with each other and they're not not being to, you know these guys just you know a lot of testosterone on the field right there so even though you're a teammate uh, you can get hurt uh, Julian Edelman with the thumb now he's out two more weeks mild uh, trauma on the NFI list there and of course we already mentioned Sterling Shepard now it's interesting he said that he believes he's going to be ready for the start of the regular season but we've heard this before from players because they're a month or so out oh yeah I'm going to be worried no problem and then the pain doesn't go away still can't flex it, still can't catch. He's got to have the splint, and four, five, six weeks later, he's not playing, and that's not good, so we'll just keep an eye on him. Emmanuel Sanders with Achilles, 
He's practicing now in team drills. And he's getting better. He's progressing. They're taking it easy with him. But, of course, the goal is to play in week one, and that's he's expected to do that. Jamison Crowder, the other new receiver for the Jets, a foot injury. Uh, they thought that it might be more serious than what it was, but it, it looks like he's going to be fine and expected to practice tomorrow after uh, not practicing today. Uh, Albert Wilson with the hip down in Miami, uh, limited in practice. They're just breezing him along. You already mentioned John Ross with the hamstring. Could be two weeks with that issue. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. And, of course, back to Tennessee, A.J. Brown, the rookie, talented wide receiver. He's undisclosed injury. He sat out the last several practices. They're taking it easy with him. They don't want to tell us what's going on, but you know we'll keep monitoring him week to week and see what happens there. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, well, I want to remind everyone, come to our website, ffmastermind.com. There's lots of free stuff on there, including our NFL Quick Bits page, which it does include injury information all the way to the start of the season. It's ffmastermind.com slash quickbits. PHP. And, of course, we're still tracking all the free agents where they sign and as well as the player movement trackers and coaching movements and all that. We're offering free Eye in the Sky uh, monthly uh, scouting reports finishing up uh, July here. In fact, we just re- released Chris Rito's uh, re- re- report on the Colts uh, yesterday. Uh, of course, we're releasing our Masters List Customizable Cheat Sheet, our MCP Board, Mastermind Championship Projections Board, and our Executive Draft Master EDM software for our premium subscribers right now. We're on the fourth or fifth, sixth release of that already. It's not even August. Version two of the preseason draft guide was released last Friday. It jumped from 250 pages to 390, and it's on its well, well on its way to 600 pages. There, are, I think, 17 articles right now. We're going to end up probably with over 30 fancy articles in there, including perfect drafts and such. Uh, seven, uh, several new articles coming out, of course, very soon. Uh, the price is 18.95. Uh, our premium services, the weekly newsletter with daily releases, is 35.95 on its own. If you want that and the guide, as well as all of our off-season content, such including rookie rankings as such. That's a Pro Bowl package. It's $47.95. And if you want the Executive Draft Master on top of that, the drafting software, it's an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, it's a Super Bowl package, and that's $57.95. Please follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind for breaking news and such. And of course, let's get right to our top 10 fantasy running backs right now for the 2019 season. Now, uh, Chris, are we, are we doing PPR on this or non-PPR? I, I couldn't remember. I think we do PPR, don't yeah. we? PPR, yes. Yes, PPR. Okay, so hit me with your top three. Okay, no big surprise. It's probably the same top three as everybody. I'm starting with Barkley at the top. You know, Saquon finished number two in PPR scoring, almost number one, with no protection from a terrible offensive supporting cast. So that's not really changed. Um, He is a transformational talent, no competition for touches, a threat as a receiver and a goal line. He's just the safest of the big four running backs this year. Should be the number one pick for that reason. Um, even a 20% regression from his rookie year almost assures him of a top-five finish. So, again, he's the safest, guys, which is why he's number one. Number two, I have Alvin Kamara. 
Um, this offense still one of the best in the league, and he lost touchdown vulture Mark Ingram, so his goal line work might actually increase. Um, incredible use in the past game, over 80 catches both years as a pro, top five twice, and that was without topping 1,000 rushing yards, which could change this time without Ingram there. So that's why I give him the edge over McCaffrey. He's actually had a potential increase in his usage or in his potential this year, and Christian McCaffrey comes in at number three. Again, just as good as Kamara, but a tick behind in competition for goal line touches with Cam Newton and the overall strength of the offense. Um, he does have less competition for backfield snaps and touches, though. He rest, rushed for 1,000 yards and caught over 100 balls, a running back record 107 last year. So you got to put him in Marshall Falk category now. Okay, my top five. Uh, number one, Saquon Barkley, for the uh, same, same reason that you have. Uh, even if you have that regression, there's still a big gap, I think, even though it's in the same tier with him and McCaffrey. You know, I, I've looked at this, uh, you know, and, and with the, the wide receivers, you could look and say, golly, the, the Johns can have trouble moving the ball and all. I think it's just going to be more heavy work for Barkley, more even more catches. But his, his touchdown chances could go down. But even if you take away a couple of touchdowns, I would still have him above McCaffrey right now. I still got him number one. And I do have McCaffrey just a tad ahead of Kamara just because, you know, 100 catches for McCaffrey. I don't know Kamara's over 80. I think they're about to score about the same amount uh, of touchdowns there. We're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. You can't go wrong with either one of those two guys. My number four guy is Zeke, and and I had him up at two uh, a couple of weeks ago before there's all this holdout, and now you know he's at number four right now, and there's a risk you know if he if he holds out into the season. So you know the longer he holds out, the the, the more it's going to slide. But number five is David Johnson. I think he's going to have a rebound season this year. Uh, Colin Murray is much better, better talent than Josh Rosen, who's not even. Uh, giving much of a fight to Ryan Fitzpatrick down in Miami right now. And I think that this is going to be the difference. That and the fact that the new coaches know that they got to get the ball into David Johnson in not only in the running game but also in the passing game. Uh, you know, So I think his catches are going to go back up, and he's a solid number five for me. Uh, who are your number four and five, Chris? I've actually got the same two in the same order. Zeke is number four. And, you know, if this was a non-PPR, he would be challenging Barkley for the top, I think, because most people think he's not a receiving threat. But you go back and look at last year, he had 77 catches last year. So a lot of people don't realize how many balls yeah. he caught. So, But he's going to get the rushing volume behind that great offensive line. It makes up for any gap there. He's a solid number four. Although, although we talked about the potential for a whole lot or a slow start, does put him behind those top three guys in early PPR drafts but definitely ahead of the rest of the pack, in my opinion. And then David Johnson at number five, like you said, he played for a crappy team last year, and he was terribly underutilized, especially in the passing game for about the first two-thirds of the year. And he still managed quietly to finish solidly in the top ten running backs in PPR systems. So with skilled players and linemen added, he's a decent bet to be closer to the 2016 David Johnson than the 2018 David Johnson, I think. He's probably the best, best value in the first round as he's being drafted behind the lesser talents we're going to show up on our list in just a minute. Yep. I, I agree with you there. And, uh, you know, he is on my list of possibles for 1-4 when I draft tonight. We'll see. Uh, my number six, seven, and 8, uh, 6 is Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. Uh, he's a uh, year refreshed. Uh, and more importantly, did you see him on Twitter? He apologized to all his fantasy owners from last year, and he goes, don't worry, I got you this year. You get me this year, you're going to get even more than what I did two years ago. Well, we'll see on that, but the bottom line is that 
Levine Bell is Levine Bell. He's going to catch a crap load of passes. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns, and he's number six in my book. Number seven, Melvin Gordon. I had Melvin Gordon higher, but now he's a holdout. There's a question about whether he's going to get paid, whether he could hold out into week 10. This is almost like a situation like Bell uh, last year. And so the longer he, he waits, the longer the, the more he's going to slide in my, uh, in my poll. But right now I've got him slotted at number seven. Number eight is Todd Gurley. So much talent there, but it's that arthritic knee. I just don't know how much it can hold up and all. But, I mean, when he's on the field and he's Todd Gurley, he's fantastic. The Rams are being smart about it. They're taking, you know, either call him a, a veteran, player now so they're going to rest them a day play uh, practice them a day maybe rest a day or two and then practice a day and you know they, that's what they should because they paid them a, a gobsmack amount of money last year and and they want to make sure they get a, a return on it because uh you know they 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 sign them for several more years so we'll see what happens but he's my number eight guy what about the rest of your top 10 chris yeah i actually have Gurley as number six next to my list he's been, he was so criticized as a fantasy disappointment last year because he was the consensus number one pick and he missed week 16 and 17 with injury. But those are the only weeks he missed from injury. You know, it's no different than the guy that missed early weeks. It just happened to be fantasy crunch time. Has anyone noticed that he was just narrowly behind Barkley and McCaffrey for the top PPR scoring despite missing two games? And he was two and a half points per game better than any other running back last year. And the year before that, for the whole year, he was two and a half points per game better than any running back last year. 11 of his 14 games last year, he topped 24 PPR points. I'm not buying the Todd Gurley is dead for fantasy, so I'm really happy to get him late in the first round as a value pick, personally. Um, I got Melvin Gordon seven, but this, like you mentioned, with the potential for the holdout, and this is a holdout that could get uglier than, than guys like Zeke or Michael Thomas. If he's still holding out come like week three or four of the preseason, he's probably going to drop out of my top ten running backs overall based on risk. But if he's in there, I mean, he's the only running back with 12-plus touchdowns each of the last three years. He's a huge, high-volume guy. He's got a nose for the red zone. He catches a lot of passes. Um, I think both sides need each other well, so I hope it gets worked out, but he's a very risky number seven overall right now. And I have Le'Veon Bell, number eight. New team, a year off of playing ball. You know, is this going to be a new start with something to prove and a fresh pair of legs, or is this an implosion waiting to happen? Yeah, I, I have no worries about Bell being the player he always was. I just have worries about the Jets not being nearly the team around him that the Steelers were, because Big Ben and A.B. opened up a lot of rushing lanes for you. Okay, you have, you can go ahead with your number nine and ten. Okay, number nine, I've got Derrick Henry. I know he's a little injured right now, but he's got a great opportunity, a favorable schedule, and a good plan on offense. Not a big receiver for PPRs, but his usage and TD potential makes up for it, much like Zeke earlier. His breakout finish to last year is a bit over-exaggerated, I think, but it showed he could carry the ball way more than he has, and he famously gets very much better the more he totes the rock, so increased usage should help him. One quiet addition is that they added Roger Saffold to the offensive line, making that offensive line even better. Saffold's the one who opened a lot of holes for Todd Gurley the last few years, so that's a big plus that most people don't appreciate. At number 10, I've got Dalvin Cook. The offense in Minnesota continues to be on the rise. The O-line's still solid. Um, he was in top seven in PPR scoring as a rookie out of the gate till he got hurt, and he was a low-end number one when he wasn't hurt last year down the stretch. So without Latavius Murray to vulture touches, he is poised for a big uptick in volume, but he's got to stay on the field to make this worthwhile. Yep, I agree with you totally. My number nine guy is actually Joe Mixon in 
Cincinnati, uh, well, I think he is one of the safest top ten running backs uh, due to a lack of injury history there. He's solid, uh, doesn't miss much time at all, very talented. There was a little bit of concern about the offensive line. They've had some injuries there in Cincinnati. But uh, without uh, A.J. Green there, I think that they're going to go run heavy more with Joe Mixon, and that's some more opportunities for him to do to produce there. Number ten is Dalvin Cook for the exact same reasons that you had. I really like him. He's an undeniable talent. There's no Latavius Murray there anymore, uh, and I think that uh, as long as he stays healthy, he's, I think, a shoe-in for top ten there. Probably uh, maybe possible comeback player of the year. Well, as for Derrick Henry, I like him, but he's down at number 13 uh, for me, uh, I just because, uh, not only because of his injuries and such here, but I, the, the fact is is that he came on and, and, and is really only shown about five or six games of dominance there. And, uh, you know, there's there's other issues there. The offense, uh, the, the passing game has kind of been questionable in the past. And hopefully Delaney Walker, you know, does start off the season healthy and, and uh, continues to produce, uh, you know, with the Marcus Mariota and get him back on the field, uh, you know, and, and productive. And so that will open up things for Henry there. So uh, no, I'm not in my top ten, but still not bad at number 13 there. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go right uh, to some of your choices, Chris, at the, uh, in the underrated category at running back. Okay, I, I do like Devonta Freeman. He's being totally forgotten because he missed almost all of last year with a groin injury, but he spent three straight years being one of the best two-way backs in the NFL, almost a lock for 1,000 rush yards, 1,500 total yards, 12 to 14 touchdowns. I think he's a solid number two running back with number one upside. And then I really like Mark Ingram this year. I mean, he had three straight years of over 1,500 total yards and 50 catches while sharing time with other backs, mostly Alvin Kamara the last two couple years. He was still a point-per-game value as a flex, despite being an afterthought last year even. So after being top seven four straight years in PPR points per game, I think he's now going to be the focal point of a rush-heavy offense. He'll also serve as a third-down back. He is a very solid running back two at running back three or running back four prices in your draft. Okay, I'll throw out a couple of my sleepers here. Uh, I, th- I like Chris Carson in Seattle. There's still a lot of talk about Rashard Penny taking his job or whatnot, but I, I think that Chris Carson is talented enough to hold hold him off. He's, he's currently practicing as a lead back there. Uh, he was very consistent, especially late in the season last year, and he's falling in ADPs. People just don't want him as, as – they don't, they don't even want him as a three. But, you know, uh, so I, I will certainly be happy enough to take him there. Uh, anyway, Darius Geis also in, in Washington. I know they re-signed Adrian Peterson, but I know Geis is coming off that torn ACL. But he's been fully cleared and practicing with the team right now. And their their offense, uh, their, their pass weapons – uh, receiving weapons are, are so weak in Washington. I think that the guys uh, could have a really opportunity to see a lot of touches in that offense there, uh, giving him. Uh, and the fact is that he is sliding a lot in ADP. Give me a couple of overrated guys uh, at running back, Chris. Well, I'm going to start with my man here in Indianapolis, Marlon Mack. I, I really like him, and he's clearly the best back on the roster, but he's being drafted as a high-end number two and being projected as the locked-in feature back, and I'm just not sure I see that. There's too many mouths to feed in this offense. you got two former Pro Bowl tight ends and a scat back that caught 63 balls as a rookie. You know, Mack only caught 17 last year, so he doesn't have PPR value or upside. And the veteran Spencer Ware lurking as the backup and the specter of a long injury history for Mack make me, make me feel that he's just a little too rich for my blood at his current ADP. And then Kenyon Drake, we talked about him last year, and I talked about him being overrated last year. Um, he was being lauded as a running back number two in many drafts. But now this year he has a serious competitor for the main role in Kalen Balaj. You know, he might still be the best pass catcher on the team, but he's going to only get a piece of the pie and a relatively small pie. That doesn't bode well for him to live up to his ADP as a low-end number two or his reputation as a darling sleeper to break out this year. I'll take Kalen eight rounds later and prefer it from a value perspective. 
Okay, I think there's a couple of overrated players in Leonard Fournette who can't stay on the field because of his health and also tends to shoot his mouth off, and Tom Coughlin won't put up with that. Still, people are drafting him almost as a low-end one or a high two, and I'm not even touching him. Uh, Rex Burkhead in uh, in New England, the kid can't stay healthy. Now they've got Damian Harris to go along with Sonny Michelle and, of course, James White there. I'm not even sure if Rex Burkhead is going to be on the final roster, so I'm staying away from him, even though you can get him real late in the drafts. I think it might actually be a wasted pick. Some deep sleepers, Chris, at uh, running back position. You, know, I, you mentioned Geis earlier. I actually like Adrian Peterson as a deep sleeper. And, again, this talked about ADP and draft value. I mean, he walked in off the street and ripped off a 1,000-yard season and finished his RB number 16 at the age of 33 after basically sitting out a year. Uh, Geis just hasn't proven enough to me yet to say that Peterson isn't good. So I think Peterson's a great guy to add to your bench. His ADP is like running back number 40, so you can get him really late with a good weekly upside should pan out. And then Latavius Murray, we kind of mentioned him earlier. I don't think he'll be as good as Ingram was in his heyday in New Orleans, but even two-thirds of Ingram's usual totals makes Murray a viable flex starter most weeks, and he has huge RB1 upside if Kamara gets hurt. He's also worth thinking about games that New Orleans should easily win as he's going to be the one to shred the clock in the fourth quarter and rack up some points. I think he's a worthwhile pick as an RB number four or so, even without handcuffing him to Kamara. Okay. Well, before we go, I want to remind everyone to uh, download the Sleeper app, a really cool app to play fantasy football with your friends, and it's absolutely free on your phone. And, of course, everyone asked me, uh, what's the high-stakes fantasy football uh, uh, championship place to play? And I'm like, that's it, Fantasy Football Players uh, Championship, the FFPC. Go to myffpc.com. Whether you want to play in the main main event and compete directly against me uh, or – you want to play in a satellite league, I'm going to be in a few of those too. Uh, they run anywhere from $77 or maybe even as low as 35 on up to $1,000. Uh, you know, it's a really cool thing to do. And the fact is that these guys have been around for more than 10 years. I've played every single year. They've never failed to pay me when I win. And believe you me, if they did, I, they would hear about it and the whole world would. They are very reliable in that regard. Uh, the high-stakes fantasy place to play, myffpc.com. Thanks for joining us. This is uh, for Chris Reno. This is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when the wide receiver position from a fantasy perspective is previewed. Good night and good luck to all drafting this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.